Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is episode 305 for May 23rd, 2019. I am one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly. And the other guys couldn't uh, couldn't make it. Oh. I don't think I don't think floods are an excuse anymore in uh, in New Brunswick. So nope. uh, mosquitoes, large mosquitoes. I, I can believe that. Yeah, especially up north where Trevor is. A lot of trees, a lot of water. They're horrible. Mm-hmm. Big mosquitoes. Um, yeah, they're big as birds. Siege. Yeah, you know what would work uh, for mosquitoes that were largest birds. What? Calgary Shooting Center has uh, <laughs> one million volt sun batons for sixty nine dollars. <laughs> million volt. Tied those two together, huh? Uh huh. Pre show ramble with the with the what we did in guns this week brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Go buy a million volt stun baton and uh, keep yourself safe from mosquitoes in New Brunswick. I'm wondering if I could buy one and use it on Trevor. Yeah, I mean, sure, why not? Stun <laughs> guns in Canada. You can't buy a stun gun in Canada. No, it's a cattle, cattle prod. It's a oh. cattle prod, and you're you know, not going to be using it on people. It's just oh, well, you could. I could. Yeah, it's probably it's assault, but you could. Um, oh, come on, it's not really assault. It's just you know nah. corrective measures. That's Honest. all it is. Yeah. People do it for fun. How can it yep. be considered assault? Yeah. <laughs> Here, stun me! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was fun. Can't wait to do that again. <laughs> That's what everyone says after they get stunned, right? Yes. Yes? Can't no. wait until next time? No? Hmm. All right. Uh, hey, for a change of pace uh, for once, why don't you start us off with what you did in guns this week? Gee, thanks. Okay, what I did in Guns this week is on Saturday, we had a Mibble Seal event at CFP Kingston. I wanted to congratulate Mark P on achieving his rifleman score. It was a small group, but it was a really good group. I think it's small. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was small. A few cancellations. So uh, it was a really good time, though. I wanted to congratulate everybody on sticking with things because we had probably, for the group size that we had, we had a lot of. Um, malfunctions with our rifles hmm. even the loner rifles malfunctioned speaking of which <sighs> i am going to be replacing my bolt on my 1022 so I'll, i i haven't i have an extra one so i haven't exchanged it yet changed it out i'm gonna have to for this weekend but i have to do that because there were some issues with my 1022 and also greg may uh he had a few issues with his rifle as well he loaned it out to somebody so he's got to replace a couple of parts on that lots of rifles going down so my advice to anybody that's attending a maple seed event bring not only one but bring two rifles if you can just saying. just bring a working rifle <laughs> bring a working right. rifle. yes bring a working rifle that is sighted in please that's all i'm asking it's not a lot but it's what i'm asking please and thank you okay uh, what did you do? Sunday Sunday was supposed to be our known distance, but it didn't happen. It, our known distance shoot got canceled quite. Um, they didn't give us a lot of time uh, because it's a... Uh, did they need the range? or? Well, because it is a military range, uh, the military take priority, obviously. Uh, it got canceled because the... Um, la, 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 la. It was the reserves. Yeah, the reserves. I got to practice shooting stuff. Yeah. I don't know. So the reserves booked the range and kicked us out. However, they decided at the last minute because it was a long minute, a long weekend that they didn't need a, but it was too late. We couldn't, we, we couldn't basically give people uh, notice again yeah. that yeah. On, one, on one day that, uh, that the event was back on. So uh, we didn't have our known distance, but on Sunday night, we did have an IIT, which is our instructors in training. Uh, we had a, we had a call and I wanted to say thank you very much to Greg May for arranging, hosting and doing such a fabulous job with that. But I also wanted to say thank you to the IITs who did sign, uh, did 
spend part of their weekend with us. It was a long weekend and about, I don't know, a dozen or so came on the call and uh, got updates on things that are going to be happening in the next month because we're going to be going out east and out west. So I just wanted to say thank you to them because they're awesome. Uh, Monday, I took part of Monday, four hours to be exact, and went to the range. Uh, on Friday, there was a co-worker who said, hey, uh, you want to go to the range again? He was somebody that I already brought to the range, and he had a friend, and a friend saw pictures of him shooting and said, can you take me to the range, or can you have that person take me to the range? So went to the range with my co-worker and his friend who brought his wife, which was pretty awesome. I also arranged to have Kelly Kincaid come as well because technically I can only have two shooters at the range as guests and Kelly was going to be able to um, have uh, one of the other shooters as, as a guest for her. But she also brought somebody. So we had um, six people there all together and we spent four hours shooting. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you and a huge shout out to John. Now, John and his wife, Ava, are British citizens. John used to be someone who was in the British Army cadets, and he is a fantastic shooter, like amazing. He did really well with pistols. He did amazing with uh, the rifle and okay with shotgun. He is somebody that has some mad skills. He said he hasn't shot in over 20 years, but he just picked everything up and he did great with that. His wife, Ava, is somebody who's only ever shot one round of trap before. And uh, she had some issues with technique and all that, but she was fantastic as well. She loved the pistols, by the way. Uh, she just wanted to try everything. 1911s, Glocks. She just, she was so excited about everything. Kept asking her, okay, would you like to try this? She goes, oh yeah. Would you like to try this? Oh yeah. And <laughs> yep, she was okay. up for everything. She she even was up for the 12 gauge. Fantastic. So I got an email on, this was Monday. On Tuesday, I got an email from John. John just wanted to say thank you so much for taking him out. And he said that he and Ava had such a great time. And he wanted to let me know that he signed up for, both he and Ava had signed up for their PAL, our PAL course already because of it. And uh, it, the one that they signed up for wasn't going to be quick enough or he felt it wasn't going to be quick enough. So he was wondering if I could give him some tips on some other PAL courses that are going to be for the one that he's able to attend. So I did send him the information on uh, some other local people that do PAL on our PAL courses. So he signed up for those. So guess what? You know, some new people that are going to be gunnies. They're not the normal gunnies as well. They're not average. He's a PhD in, um, I think it's botany, and she's a vegan. And we had, so the shooter that Kelly brought. Some some weed growing uh, hippies you are getting into the shooting sports here. Love it. Yeah, they're they're not hippies, but they're definitely, they're extremely smart, uh, extremely open. Now, Kelly, the shooter that Kelly brought, I can't remember his name. I think it might be James, actually. But anyways, so he, the shooter that Kelly brought is going to be attending the Maple Seed that's happening this weekend. He is somebody who is a hunter. Like, if he goes, if it flies, it dies. And he said this to somebody who's a vegan. Okay. (laughs) So Eva was open to everything that I I believe it was James James had to say. Hmm. Because James was talking about how he as a hunter is somebody who is very involved in conservation. In order to continue that, very respectful of all life. Uh, And so it was, we had some really good conversations on the range. And again, this is four hours and four hours of shooting. So I've never taken somebody to a range and spent, who's a brand new shooter and spent four hours there. I thought it was fantastic. So it was awesome. Four hours? Four hours? Four hours on the range. Yep. Yeah. I just thought it was kind of cool. But yeah, I'm hoping I told them to to email me back and let me know what's happening with that and when the course and when the course was, which ones they decide to to attend. They wanted to do it sooner rather than later. So, uh, what else happened is I booked a ticket to Alberta to go to the cherry shoot and the Western tour. I did that last night. Yay. Yeah, so I'm officially going. Yay. 
Uh, what else? And um, that's about it, I think. I'm still doing those ladies' day things, and I'm still, you know, working on the calendar and all that. But that's about it. I didn't do much other than that. Adriel, what about you? Uh, oh, yeah. This thing. I- oh, wait. I should lock it on my screen. Yes. This. There we go. <gasps> this thing came in. Yay! TACOM 8MG. The MG stands for magnets because they got magnets in the top. There's a shot shell carrier I'm, I'm holding in my hands for, for listeners for the podcast. Uh, TACOM makes a couple different styles of shot shell carriers. One of them are their sports series. Their sports series just use like a plastic fork and they work. Yep. Uh, the magnetic ones, the advantage is that there's very little pressure holding the top. There's still pretty good in terms of like not falling out if you hit them and that kind of thing but they come out with almost no pressure because that magnet at the, at the top is the only thing that's really holding them in uh without that one on the top this bottom one is just kind of loose it's not really uh not really being held in by much so um long story short easy to put in difficult to come out except when you pull them out and then they just they just pop right off of there so uh, that should help with the the jumbling in my hand that I was experiencing with some of the other uh, matches. If I could compare that to just the plastic finger ones, these ones yep. need quite a bit because you're you're essentially stretching that plastic as you're pulling it out. They need quite a bit more to uh, pull them out and snap them out. And okay. if you're doing a quad, you're you're pulling four shells out in your hand with that, and you jumble them a little bit. That's where you can run into problems. Okay, so the one that you currently have, the one that is holding them on, is that the one that you had issues with? Yes, and I broke it. So, but you I, broke it. look, see, I fixed it. I, <laughs> I, I found one of my other shell, my other cheap uh, shell caddies that uh, had some stuff broken on it, and I found some stuff that wasn't broken on it, and I glued it to this one, which had uh, some stuff broken on it, and now I have. Now it's working. <laughs> now. Okay, which one are you going to use then? Are you going to use oh, the, the magnetic the one? one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I, it, I, do, yeah, it I, doesn't. It doesn't hold as many though. Uh, I have three of them. Oh, okay. Never mind. So this is this is a sixteen shell carrier. This is their sixteen S four. I think it it holds them in fours, so you can quad load. But yep. it's it it they're harder to pull out. The uh, the magnetic one. Uh, does a nicer job of just they they oh man it's such a uh, you know what I'll do I'll get my tri- either my trigger scale or my fish scale and I'll weigh the the pressure that you need to pull them out because it's such a big difference and and uh, that little bit of extra resistance and just being able to snatch these out makes it easier to put put them in your hand properly because as soon as it's like when you're pulling four shotgun shells out into your hand to put into yep. your to your shotgun if they're not oriented in exactly the right place that's when you start having yard sales and you you can't quite stroke them into the gun and that kind of thing so have you practiced with that yet not yet um now i have some tech locks on them right now and you can see this one's angled yep. uh, if i angle them they take up too much space on my belt to fit all three, and I can only fit two of them. That gives me 16 shotgun shells. Not quite enough. I'd prefer to have all three on there. Um, so I can go with like a progressive angle them a little bit more over here and then swoop them straight as they get as the I get further to the right, and that'll fit all three on the belt. Uh, but I also have some QLS, QLS clips coming in okay. using instead of these. And those would be really nice because then I can just pull them off. Because one of the problems with with these shot shell carriers is that that's right on on your appendix. And if you try to like lean down to like patch something or or pick up something while you're not they're in the way, yeah, they're in the way and they like they bunch up on your gut and whatever. So mm-hmm. that's that. No, I was just wondering because you have something that's substantial, it's big, and it's you're used to a lot of force. So you're, it's your muscle memory that you're used to. And now you have something that is a little bit more compact and it is also not going to use that much force. So it's a good point. And I'll have to pra- do some, some drills with it um, before yeah. my next match is a major match. And that's uh, that's June 8th and 9th. That's the, the Chaz uh, three gun charity shoot. Um, so I'll need to make sure that my shot shell game is on One. on for that. Yep. Um, and the other thing I'm doing, so I've got I've got some of these like knockoff uh, uh, shell caddies here. I might throw them on a belt like this. This has no Velcro on the inside. It's not really stiff, but I don't need it to be because I'm going to use this as a chest rig. So I'm going to th- I'm going to ah. throw 
enough of them across here to where potentially maybe instead of trying to jam all 24 on my belt, I'll put 16 and I'll have some extras via this chest rig because that wouldn't be a bad idea, right? You just have to yep. kind of slam them on like that. And for the viewers, it looks something like that, right? Just kind of holds on there. And you just kind of peel them off as you go across. And there's lots of space on a chest rig. You just have to make sure that it's going to be secure. That's it. You know, it's it's easy enough with these Velcro ones. You just you just have to, like, breathe out and, like, cinch it up like you're cinching up a horse. And it's fine. Like a horse. Well, I was thinking like a horse because, you know, when whenever you cinch up a horse, they always, like, they push their gut out just so that you can't cinch it up real tight on them. So you have to wait for them to breathe in and you cinch it on them. <laughs> you do the same thing, but for yourself. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So those came in. I'm farting around with shot shell caddies. And again, I might I might make that, like, real quick chest rig just as, a, as an add-on. So I'm not stuck with so much belt space dedicated to just shot shell carriers. But if they use the QLS, maybe it yeah. matter. my ideal scenario is I use that QLS and I have the option. I have the option of any which way I, I go. Exchanging so, it out. Yeah. Mm. Because they just use a quick little fork on them and click and they come out and it's easy. When you have uh, when you have an inner outer belt really tightly on, it's difficult to get access to those uh, blade tech uh, tech locks and pull them out. So uh, whereas the QLSs sit on the uh, on on the outside of the belt, so you you can click them out quite easily. Yep. Anywho, that's that's going on there. Uh, I couldn't make the maple seed uh, call because I was in Jasper. Going yeah, the, how was that? Uh, I did the standard thing: drive through Jasper and go to the mountains and do a bunch of hiking with the kids and stuff. Right. It's beautiful, Jasper. It is, and it is. it's <laughs> only a three-hour drive, and I go there every ten years or something. <laughs> so. You're excused. Yeah. It was a good excuse. It was a long weekend and this is Jasper. I'd bail on me if I was going to Jasper too. Yeah. Uh, beautiful weather too. Uh, yeah. This weekend, uh, there's going to be the Chaz Open House. So I'm going to be at that. So if you're in the Edmonton area and you're not a member of Chaz and you want to come check out the range, Saturday is the day to do it. And if you are a member of the range, but you're like, oh man, I kind of want to check out these leagues, but I just never, I'm, the weekends never align or whatever. Uh, we're also going to be doing like league demos so you can hop in and uh, check it out. Um, and then I just got an email that uh, Bonneville is going to do like a mini pistol match on Sunday. And I'm thinking like, oh, what if I do the Chaz thing? And then I go home and I grab my pistol and I drive to Bonneville. And then Sunday I do a pistol match. That might be fun. So I might do that. That's a, that's a maybe right now. And you might get divorced. And I might get, yeah, because like today, <laughs> and then I'm going to go to Sherwood Park and I'm going to do a talk over there. And then I'm going to go to my three gun meeting after that. So that's like three things today. And then my Saturday and Sunday, both. Yeah. I'll, I'll push it up to that line. Hopefully I get some warning signs before <laughs> I don't just get served with some documents one day where it's like, well, I don't know where this come from. <laughs> Your wife is an amazing lady. She's very patient. She is. Slowly, slowly. <laughs> Patience is wearing out. <laughs> she is an amazing lady. I've met her. She's very amazing. Uh-huh. Uh... So um, let's see here. That's about it for me. Um, upcoming events. Uh, there's still spots for the ninth annual podcasters charity shoot in Drumheller, Drumheller, Alberta. Uh, tickets are available on Eventbrite. Just search like podcasters charity shoot. It'll pop right up. Uh, the next one we have here, the Oxford hunting and fishing show is this weekend at the Oxford arena in Nova Scotia. Admissions five bucks, kids five twelve are two bucks, and under five is free. There will be a canteen available. Sweet, uh, Kelly. Did you want to hit on the Maple Seed events? Okay, so next weekend we are. Yeah, it is next weekend. Holy, next weekend we are heading out to New Brunswick. We are going to be at Restigation on May thirty first. We have spots available then. Brettle Bay and PEI, which is just outside of Charlottetown. On June 2nd, we still have spots there. And also Sunbury, which is Fredericton. On June 6th, we have spots available there as well. We are hitting other areas like Halifax slash Dartmouth and also Woodstock, New Brunswick. But those are sold out events. If you'd like to attend one of those events, go to our website, mapleseedrifleman.com. Click on the events tab and you can sign up for any of those events that I mentioned. So. Huh. 
I mean, if you're in the area, you could just like go do a maple seed and kind of do the touristy thing and like drive around PEI and like go to the beach and that kind of thing and then go shoot a maple seed one of the days. Yeah, it is fantastic. It's beautiful there. I love it. I get to go home. Yay. More to see than uh, than Edmonton has, but uh, <laughs> we've got a mall. You got a mall. <laughs> we've got a mall. Awesome. Yeah. Right. You can go to the mall and go and swim in the indoor swimming pool or you can go to the ocean. Your choice. Can you switch? Okay, but our indoor swimming pool and we have a skating rink and we have a shooting uh, uh, range and, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, but you have the ocean. You have lobster. You have cliffs. You have you get to drive across oh, a really long bridge. You get Anna Green Gables. You get a shoot Japanese you tourists shooting. You get Japanese tourists. Yes, in West Ed too, though. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Uh, all right. So on to uh, on to the news. Uh, the first one. I'm um, uh, just before you get to to the one that we're going to talk to there, Kelly. Uh, the first one was a, a blog post on uh, the CCFR's website. It was gun bans, OICs, and what you can do. And mm-hmm. this was basically encouraging people to reach out to their uh, local liberal representatives, um, whether they're an MP or they're um, a candidate, and uh, implore them to not uh, ban guns because uh, we're members of their constituency and we would prefer if they didn't. <laughs> Yep. Uh, I actually I, I took action on this one. I, I emailed. Uh, we don't have a liberal candidate in in Edmonton West because um, they didn't win or, or they didn't think they had a chance of winning or something. But uh, I, I reached out to the um, chair, the chair, the chair of the Edmonton West to just say like, hey, pass this on to the next guy, I guess, or lady or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, King, Kingston's a stronghold. Twenty five years liberal. Mm, no, no. That, you guys. No, no bueno. What? No bueno. No bueno. Did they reply? Uh, no, no uh, just waiting. So I've been watching Reddit and I've noticed a lot of people actually getting real responses where people are like, what are you talking about? That's not going to happen. And they're like, a lot of the responses are, are rebuffs, but they're yeah. real rebuffs. They're not like someone uh, took a, a policy page and like replied back with that. They're actually replying with off the cuff responses, which is encouraging because that means they're uh, reading it. Maybe they'd be up for a conversation. Maybe you could talk to them about it. Hey, did you know that the Liberal Party has twice in the last, you know, 20 years run on uh, banning all handguns or all semi-autos or both? <laughs> hey, uh, you know, you can talk to them about that kind of stuff and say like, hey, I, I don't want that. I'm a sh- sports shooter or whatever the case you might be. Right. And right. Uh, talk about it. So yep. uh, that's been uh, encouraging. The other piece with this is they ask you, they being the CCFR, it's basically a call to action. So they're asking you to contact your liberal MP or candidate and tell them that it's not something that you do not want, obviously, uh, but also go and volunteer for the other parties or any party that you deem that you want to go and and then tell the other parties you're volunteering for the other one and voting for it and talking to your family and friends about voting for those guys because Correct. of the issue correct so just go and and do that let the people know that it's basically stepping up and letting them know you have a voice well i mean there's two million of us but like the they're, they're kind of taking their bet that we'll just roll over on it right so if you make a little bit of noise now maybe they won't do what they what, what we're thinking they're going to do right what they think that we're going to do so tracy wilson who is the lobbyist for the ccfr has been uh, actively on the Hill today and yesterday with all this talk that's going on. And I just posted it on our Facebook page. Uh, it was a, another update, a live update that uh, Tracy was doing. It was about the AR-15. Uh, the word e- in Ottawa right now is that anything that's an AR-15, it will be grandfathered. It'll be going the way of the... the- okay. Prohib. So uh, her recommendation is if you don't already own an AR-15 and you have your restricted status, go and buy one if you can. If you can find one right now, go and buy one. Not only go and buy one, but take a picture of you buying your AR-15 and posting it on your Facebook page, sending it to your MP, etc., and saying, thank you, Bill Blair. This is what's your comments and uh, what you've said, because right now Bill Blair has actively uh, been changing some of the language that he's been using and it's military style rifles. He's saying, and he's also saying that uh, the government is not adverse to looking at any measures that uh, are possible. 
anything. Which I've been saying this entire time, right? Now, I mean, right. I, I haven't, uh, I haven't bought into the Chicken Little stuff just yet. But uh, no. if, if this is, it's been a couple of different people talking about Air 15s now at the same time. So um, I'm not worried because I've got two. Um, yep. And I, I, this is such a tough thing to let. It, it would be really tough just to legislate against Air 15. So I'm not quite sure what the play is. Like option one, they just prohibit all Air 15s. Yeah. What about the Maccabees and all these other things? Everyone can get a uh, non-restricted Air 15 quite easily. What about the things that aren't uh, non-restricted Air 15? So what about like uh, uh, the 102s? What about the SLR? SLRs? What about like all these other weird and wonderful rifles and, and firearms that we have in Canada here? Like it's uh, it's not just a matter of saying Air 15s are banned. It's uh. There, there's a lot of complexity that would have to go along with that. There is, but it's the optics because right now the targeted rifle is the AR-15. That's what yeah. people are talking about. Yeah. If you say Maccabee SLR, nobody knows what that is. Somebody who's a non-gunny doesn't know what that is. So that's it. I mean, um, uh, the government just released a new um, uh, charter on digital privacy. Mm-hmm. And part of that, included solidarity with New Zealand on some of the different uh, ways that we're going to allow uh, dissemination of information based on what the uh, shooter did there, the killer, um, which I don't like. I like, I do not like the idea of censorship for any reason, uh, especially by government, because I just don't think that they're to be trusted with anything in that, in that kind of uh, realm. But aside from (laughs) my personal uh, uh, super libertarian uh, thoughts on that. Um, I could I could go on to the next thing here. So I mean, uh, 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 TLDR like summary for everyone: go buy an Air 15 if you didn't yep. already one. Buy a, a lower is like a hundred bucks if you can yep. find one right now. That's the thing. People have been like, um, I've noticed on people on Reddit and Discord talking about buying Air 15s, and I'm like, oh man, you guys, this comes around every year or two. There's another panic buy, and we run out of these things. And you should have bought one when you didn't need one, and and now like trying to find one you know that you're you're getting close to scraping the bottom there's there's a lot in the country but you know there's there's not that many there's a finite number of them uh but now it looks like uh well i guess i guess you should have got one (laughs) i've got um the the next one we have here the rcmp um so they had been sued to release the uh frt frt there we go thank you kelly you're welcome uh and uh, uh, the, uh, lost, so now they have to release it. Uh, so yes. um, when most recently spoken with, and I think this was yesterday, um, a senior RCMP firearms director said that they're taking steps to making the FRT available to the public. Yes, but it looks like the public FRT will be different than the non-public FRT. The, like, they're protecting something that is, in my opinion, not particularly valuable the the frt as it is is a crappy database with crappy photos of guns and if you really wanted to you could probably play pay an intern to build one of these things for you uh for five grand let's say it's not a super valuable multi-million dollar product that uh that our tax money has paid for and therefore we should protect and uh license out to other countries Anywho, they're taking that was another part of this uh, that digital charter is uh, they're going to make more things digital and available to citizens. They're public records. They're public records. Just put that stuff online. I'm like I'm still cheesed that when I sell a restricted gun, I have to call someone on a phone and wait on hold for twenty to forty minutes to say, "Hey, here's my number. Here's their number. Uh, do the thing and give me another number back." Like this should be some. This should be a website. I am calling someone to access a database for me when I could just access the data. And, and it, in fact, this is how it's done with uh, private business. Private business can uh, go through a website to do these trends. Yep. Yes. Yep. Crappy government doesn't want us to, you know, access to information. I, I want to put a one hour tax on our time for every transfer. <laughs> do you know how much one hour of my time is worth? <laughs> uh, immeasurable, really. I mean, yeah. you only have so many before you die. So, gotta gotta get them in they they referenced dennis young in this uh article as well so just wanted to say thank you to to dennis for for being a thorn in the side of the government (laughs) 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 making them do what they're supposed to be doing this whole time yes yes Yes. thank you for keeping the government honest 
Uh, this next one isn't Canadian news, um, but just because we had uh, Bloke on the Range the other a couple of weeks ago, I heard, yeah, uh, he, he made a he made a comment saying like, yeah, this you know the EU wants us to adopt their gun laws because in order to do so, we have to be part of the same Shenzhen something, yeah, some kind of uh, uh, what do you call it passport working everywhere and everyone can move between them. But if you wanted to do that, they had to adopt these anti-gun laws, and now they've got these uh, ridiculous, un- un- unworkable uh, gun laws. How convoluted is is that? Uh, well, um, Bloke had put together an email that he sent to gunsamerica.com, and he had a bunch of uh, uh, some of the details in there. Yep. Um, so I'll, I'll include that link in the, in the show notes, but... Uh, Suffice to say, like he went through it and he's like, this one's workable. This one's workable. That's a real pain in the butt. This one's not, not possible. So I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's annoying because when you look at Switzerland, Switzerland is up there in terms of uh, uh, gun ownership. Um, Almost and, everyone has one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very yeah. high saturation of gun ownership. But the murder rate and homicide and, and violent crime with uh, firearms is very low to almost non-existent just because of like it, because it's Switzerland, right? Uh, there are other factors that go into homicide that are, are just much more uh, uh, impactful than access to firearms and that kind of thing. Right. They're very happy there. They have Swiss chocolate. <laughs> I'd be happy. Swiss say. chocolate, banking jobs. <gasps> yeah. Banking jobs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they get to yodel. They get to yodel. Yeah. Go to the local shooting club and, and shoot over a highway into their targets. That's uh, <laughs> something that they get to do in Switzerland. I really, by the way, I really enjoyed that episode. Just had to let you guys know that I wasn't on, and it was it was I liked it. Yeah, yeah, you missed out. Anyways, now he's got a whole bunch more restrictions on him uh, <laughs> that are really unfortunate because uh, Switzerland was with that one country. I guess they're like, yeah, you guys want to put all this stuff in, but look at Switzerland; they don't have to do that. They're allowed to have like these mags or these kinds of firearms or, or whatever the case might be. And uh, now we can't say that anymore because they got all these other rules on top. <sighs> silly, silly. All right. You want to talk about some uh, new gun stuff? Sure. What I might do here, I'm going to put you over there and I'm talking about, I got two different screens here and then I'm going to like share my screen. It's going to be awesome because everyone will be able to see what we're talking about instead of like, except for those that are listening. Just listen, like, <laughs> visualize, visualize. Uh, I'm looking at a web page um, with a extremely expensive 22 on it. Okay, so uh, we talked about. I think we talked about the Voodoo V22 before. This yeah. is finally being announced, though, in coming to Canada. So uh, as of April 22nd, Go Big Tacticals bringing in Voodoo Gunworks barreled actions. These things are 2,500 bucks, 24.99. Really, uh, they're a 22 LR. It's just a barreled action. But if you want the best uh, barreled action to make your rimfire PRS rifle or PRS trainer, I don't, I don't think this is a trainer at this point. I think this is a serious, yeah, it is. <laughs> no expense spared 22 PRS rifle. Uh, this is the place to get them. So uh, go big tactical in BC. They've got the Voodoo Gunworks V22 barreled actions for 2,500 bucks. You still have to put a trigger and a stock and, and whatnot on it, but uh this is a very accurate, very uh, Rem 700-like uh, trainer that you can get. I think Rick was talking about CRPS getting one of those. They had one that there's that they've been yeah. showcasing. So if you if you've been at a CRPS match, you've seen that rifle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Uh, the next one here <laughs> I've got to show is a, a VZ180C. That's not really a, a VZ one of these. They put a a, a VZ uh, folder, fold, folding stock on a WK one eighty, and uh, it's kind of like, neat. It looks kind of neat, kind of weird, kind of neat and weird at the same time. It's got this uh, utilitarian stock on there. Yes, that would be utilitarian, also known as ugly. <laughs> it's ugly, but it's also like you get you get a like beauty in the eye of the beholder here. It's ugly. That's some horrible <laughs> casting on there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what process they used to make that steel, but oh, oh man, it's it not it's not fine tooled. It's not machined yeah. well. To, and well, no, but uh, kind of a neat idea. So if you want to, yeah. if you want to uh, change the look of your of your uh, WK one eighty, or make it so that it's uh, you know a little bit com- more compact and lightweight, that's uh, that's one way to do it. Or ugly. Or ugly, yeah. 
Um, the next one here is the Thurion Defense uh, Competition 9mm. So we have had Thurion Defense uh, PCCs in Canada. This is a 9mm PCC, pistol caliber carbine. Uh, and, uh, and now they're bringing the competition models in. These are $1,500. That's not bad. Uh, it's not bad. Uh, it's um, the Thurion Defense. I've heard from different people saying they prefer it to some of the other PCCs out there. It just feels like a higher quality gun um, yeah yeah and, and the competition gun looks like it's got some extra uh, ergonomic stuff on it so we've got an extended magazine release we've got a big fat bolt handle on the left hand side for it uh and i believe that fore end is different than the usual one as well so uh an interesting uh pcc if you're into those pistol carbines trevor you need to get one of these just yes Ooh, yeah you're on this one uh the next one i wanted to show is uh if you're interested in some uh military some older uh pistols uh they've got yugoslav m57s which are the tt33s uh in 760 by 25 and you can get a 1260 what's that yeah sorry i said ammo and I, I, ammo. I, yeah. I ruined your surprise <laughs> how much is it five hundred dollars uh Four ninety nine, five hundred dollars. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is from Tradex Canada. So if you're looking for a TT thirty three, the Yugoslav M fifty sevens that they have are basically the same thing. I'm not even sure how much the Yugos the M fifty sevens vary from the T thirty three. They look the same to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you want a cool Browning esque uh, designing a pistol, but you want it to shoot the cheapest pistol ammo in Canada other than rimfire, this is what you go for. You can get a uh, 762 by 25 for, I want to say, 29 cents around, 30 cents around, something like that. It's it's incredibly cheap yep. because there's a bunch of surplus subgun stuff around. Anyways, oh, oh and free shipping. It's, it, it, yeah, the ammo is ex- expensive to ship, right? Uh, sold yeah, at stores. Uh, they're in Markham. Uh, they've got a shipment of primary arms stuff in. Uh, Kelly, I'm getting a little bit of echo off of your uh, headset there. Um so if you want to, uh, if you're looking for a primary arms uh, scope or red dot or something like that, uh, go on over to Solely Outdoors. Uh, so, uh, uh, primary arms, or I think they got a couple of Hall Suns as well. Um, now, in, in the past, I know that CTC Supplies has had these. Uh, so it's interesting that uh, Solely Outdoors has them as well. Uh, Lockhart Tactical. So there's there there are a couple of different magazine bases out there for the MMPs, but they're they're base pads. They're not like full bore, like big monster uh, competition bases. And Lockhart Tactical now has some of these in. Um, I was looking at some pictures of the real ones. These are just uh, some mock-ups, but they're big, heavy uh, aluminum base pads. Hmm. They have bulk buying as well. <clears throat> they have bulk buy. They're not cheap. They're like 40 bucks each. But yeah. uh, if you're looking for like big, bad aluminum extensions for your mags, that's that's... Oh, these are sold out. Skip uh, it. Well, I'm skipping it. Yeah, it's too bad. There were some Grusans for $2.99. Uh, the next one, and it doesn't seem like it's that exciting, but there's something interesting about this rifle I just wanted to talk about. Uh, so Iron Guns is bringing in the POF Revolution uh, 308s. The interesting things about these POFs is that they're a 308, but they use a bunch of 556 uh, parts to keep them small and tight. <laughs> so the... Um, uh, like the, the receiver, the uh, uh, barrel extension, all that kind of stuff is very small and very AR-15 sized. So if you're looking for like a lightweight, smaller form factor AR-10, this is kind of neat. And Iron Guns has them. Iron Guns? Iron Guns. Iron Guns. Okay. Perfect. All right. Now I can stop that and switch back to me. Sweet. Um, lastly, this isn't really uh, new gun stuff, but uh, Signfire Radio, we have this uh, feedback survey on Facebook and on our website. Um, if you're listening to the podcast and you can remember to, please uh, go on ahead and fill that out. Uh, we're going to close the survey to new responses, new responses uh, Wednesday next week or so, so we can review some feedback. Um, and again, thanks to everyone who has submitted their feedback already. Uh, you know, one of the things that people mentioned in there was like, hey, Adriel, stop switching the video feeds so rapidly. But that's the Hangouts that does that. It just automatically switches based on who's talking. I'll stop talking. See, it just switched to you. That wasn't me. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> no way. She's not going to, you know, I just leave it on default because I'm lazy. 
And sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget to uh, to do anything, and then I leave it. I accidentally leave it on the wrong person for like fifteen minutes. It's, it's the whole entire show. It's Adriel's face. I've seen that as well. Yeah, yeah. Try one. Don't want to. Don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, why don't we get on to our main topic? With us today is David Fallman. David is with the Canadian University Shooting Federation, a nonprofit founded in 2018 with the goal of promoting and fostering shooting sports at Canadian post-secondary institutions. In the past four months, they have almost doubled the number of current clubs in Canada to 10, with another 13 that are in the process of forming. They have 500 active uh, student members, or more than 500, uh, 14 volunteers, and they're currently running three programs. They consist of trap, skeet, and target rifle disciplines. And they're all set up to allow students to compete nationally, but still shoot at their local range. So after that uh, after that uh, intro, welcome to the show, Dave. Thanks for having me. So um, maybe tell us a little bit about uh, how you got into this and, and how this uh, how this thing all started. Yeah, so back in 2017 there, uh, I kind of refounded the whole Carlton shotgun team that kind of tapered off. Um, so revitalized that, uh, we got a coach, we started practicing every week and then, yeah, after that, essentially we, uh, decided that we needed a league to shoot in cause we couldn't really go down to the States, uh, kind of stiff competition down there. So contacted the UFC, uh, contacted Mount Royal as well as UBC. Those were the three of the clubs that were active in Canada. And we kind of banded together to form the Canadian university shooting federation. So after incorporating nationally as a registered nonprofit, um, I finished up my school in 2018 there. I came, I moved back from Ottawa to Calgary. And then, yeah, the shotgun team had really gotten rolling. We had started to get Matt Royal's team rolling. And uh, I met up with Delano and Aaron, the founders of both the uh, Mount Royal and the UFC teams. So after pretty much tripling myself, uh, we really hit the ground running, uh, got a whole bunch of other people involved. We managed to start up uh, four clubs in four months. Uh, we started pushing a bunch of programs. Um, we ran our first competitive programs uh, with the trap and skeet tournaments in late that wrapped up in late March, as well as a, a small bore rifle contest that we actually just announced the results this week. So yeah, and then we're just looking to improve our programs over the summer. Uh, yeah. Actually, those numbers that you had are a bit outdated now, just like I mean, blowing up so much. We're up to 19 new clubs that we're trying to form, oh. uh, as well as 20 volunteers, assuming the two new guys come on board uh, next week. So really, uh, really gaining in popularity. I mean, like one of the one of the reasons is you guys are starting from like there is no <laughs> there is no Canadian uh, uh, university shooting clubs in a lot of uh, the universities. So you guys are, are going from zero to 60 very quickly here. Yeah, exactly. Just that's the I tell people it's the one good idea I ever had. We're filling a niche that uh, people are just really eating up. So awesome. So yeah, uh, tell us a little bit about these uh, these three diff- disciplines that you've got people going uh, with uh, trap, skeet, and, and target rifle. You, you mentioned small bore there. So uh, tell us maybe a little bit about that. Yeah. So we kind of uh, take a look at our programs and said, okay, hey, what's going to be uh, some the, the least controversial programs that we can run. And what are going to be programs that we can run nationwide as just kind of satellite competitions and not actually so that the teams don't have to travel to compete against each other. So trap skeet, very popular, a big base of shooters, ranges, coaches, right? Uh, And uh, infrastructure for the satellite competitions already there. And then um, so went and contacted all the provincial organizations, got them on board, ATA, uh, NSSA. That's those are the styles that we're doing. But uh, we I've had lots of help from Shooting Federation of Canada, the Olympic guys. They recognize, even though, hey, it's not their exact flavor of the sport, we're growing the sport in general. So um, they've also been willing to help us out. On the small bore side of things, we've partnered with uh, the Dominion of Canada Rifle Association. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, but their kind of mandate is to uh, train civilian marksmen. They run the cadet programs. Um, They do the programs for general civilians. And yeah, they have a postal rifle small bore program. So they, I contacted them, and they were more than happy to get a bunch of young adults into into the shooting sports. So they just took their current program that they're running for the cadets, tweaked it a bit for us, and yeah, we're off to the races. Wow, that sounds that sounds great. I mean, so you've got quite a few different disciplines running. Um, how does uh, uh, how do students find out about these different clubs in uh, in some of these different universities and join them? Yeah, so we've been promoting them through a variety of ways on uh, Reddit, kind of Gun Nuts, Gun Owners of Canada. We're all over uh, Facebook, Instagram, just trying to get the word out and 
things like this, podcasts, right? Just uh, a lot of it's been word of mouth. Um, CCFR and CSSA have been really good to us. They've uh, helped us through their newsletters and through the organization, mm -hmm. spreading the word. So it's kind of being a little bit here, a little bit there. We get an email every once in a while from somebody who wants to start a club. And uh, yeah, we just we say, awesome. Either there's a club at their university that we hook them up with, or we uh, give them the tools and the resources and help them as much as possible to make their new club successful. Also, maybe tell us a little bit about, about that. Um, what's it, what's, what kind of requirements do you have for people starting new clubs and, and what's the process like? Yeah, so essentially what we've done is we've taken the, the pool of talent, the people that have started these clubs in the past, and we've, we've reached out through right fairly tight-knit community, reached out, found everybody who was involved with uh, these four main clubs that were started before um, we got this national nonprofit going. And we just pooled their resources and said, okay, how can we make it as easy as possible to start a club? So we kind of came up with some best practices, um, such as, right, you don't want to be posting a bunch of Black Rifles, Second Amendment type stuff all over your Facebook page right when you get started. You mm -hmm. keep it apolitical, you keep it. Uh, very sports shooting related and um, just things like we have pre-done constitutions. So we've taken the Carlton Constitution, the um, Mount Royal, the UFC, and we've taken the best aspects of all those and said, hey, these are some examples. This is our what we think that you should do. Um, it's really common sense. Like, no firearms on campus, no ammo on campus, right? Makes the university very happy. Um, but and some less common sense things like, hey, don't go to private land and crown land because you're not insured for those activities. You go to the range, then you're insured. If you, uh, you're insured through your student union to have pizza parties on campus or go to the bar or whatever, but you're not insured to go with firearms related activities uh, just out in the woods, right? Interesting. Yeah. Some things that I guess you wouldn't think of. And I mean, getting a, a charter done is, uh, I imagine, a, a lot of effort. So it's nice not to have to reinvent the wheel every time. Yeah, exactly. We just we make it as easy as possible. We have uh, like we have in-house graphics designers to make your first logo. We have a social media gal that will set up uh, your Facebook and Instagram for you and kind of show you the ropes if you're not familiar with uh, how to create a professional-looking page. Right. Really try to make these organizations professional, well-run. Give them the best practices on how to do so. Um, and then yeah, after they've finished the the new club side of things and are ratified by the university. Then it goes over to our clubs department, and then um, that's just all the existing clubs, which there are 10 of, and yeah, they're just managed by the provincial managers. We've broken Canada up into four regions, and yeah, they just they help out the clubs and try to improve them and make them as successful as possible. Awesome. Yeah, which, uh, which universities and colleges are you guys in right now? So out in, um, out in BC, we have UBC. Uh, we, in Alberta, we have Lethbridge College. We have Mount Royal. We have UBC. And a couple clubs potentially forming up in Edmonton, um, University of Saskatchewan, out in Saskatoon, and then out in Ontario. Things are really blowing up. There's a ton of new clubs starting, but the current clubs that we have there are uh, Carleton University. They got two clubs, the Firearms Association and the Shotgun Team, uh, as well as Kingston has a, has a team, the RMC uh, Combat Sports. And then down in London, uh, Western has a club that just started up. Yeah, very cool. Sounds like you guys are all across Canada then. Yeah, actually. Well, we're just trying to break into the, the East Coast. No Atlantic teams yet, but mm. it'll come. They'll come. They'll, they'll, they'll come around. Um, yeah, this, it's all uh, it's all sounds really interesting. So what kind of uh, what kind of shooting and uh, uh, are you trying to, to get people into right now? Or, or what, what kind of new disciplines are you trying to bring in? Um, so we're kind of keeping our, uh, our programs as trap, skeet and small bore for now. But uh, we're heavily revamping the, the small bore side of things. We're doing, um, we're going to add some uh, speed steel dynamic to it. We're going to kind of change it around. And mostly it's just um, tweaking our programs to, uh, to make them as, as good as possible, right? Uh, eventually, we hope to incorporate some more of the action shooting, like three-gun, IPSC, uh, some precision rifle, right? We want to encompass all the, all the shooting sports, but we're going to keep it with those main three main uh, uh, disciplines at the moment. Yeah, I mean, those ones are, are pretty um, legit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not that Ipsic well, and Three Gun aren't legit, but uh, the Olympic the Olympic sports and, and some of those uh, more established ones, they're extremely consistent. Um, they've been around for a while. Uh, they're recognized at the Olympic level and, and at the international level, and they're easier to uh, uh, get funding for as well, right? 
Yeah, and they're, they're really low barrier to entry, right? There's shotgun ranges all over the place. 22 is really cheap. So we're just trying to get as many new uh, shooters out there as we can, just show people the wonderful world of shooting sports. And, I mean, like, so those, those are the leagues that we do. But lots of our clubs, um, they do – we encourage them to do whatever, just follow your passion, right? So we'll have them doing – one club doing silhouette target, one gun, do, one club doing IPSC, one club doing whatever they love, right? So – Kind of, we we provide uh, support for a competitive league, and then they can branch out and do whatever they want other than that. Yeah, it all sounds amazing. I mean, uh, I remember going through college; there was no such uh, shooting club in, in in my college or anything like that. And uh, I imagine, like, I probably would have gotten into the shooting sports earlier because I always had like the passion for hunting and and uh, uh, plinking and that kind of thing. But I never had the the things in front of me or the the groups to uh, to hang out with and do that kind of thing. And I mean, I look at. Uh, I look at our, our local three gun club and we have lots of uh, uh, students in, in that club that, that shoot three gun and, and, uh, and that kind of thing. And just, it would be kind of interesting to have them, you know, get more of the university students out there. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a uh, great market, right? Like everybody wants to, to get them while they're young, quote unquote, right? Like get them using their gear or shopping at their store. So we've had lots of support from people that they say, Hey, uh, we want to show students our stuff. And I mean, me personally, I love introducing new shooters and mm-hmm. right. You might as well start off uh, while you can. And try to stop them from doing the dumb college kid things that they, that, that everyone does like putting a Tapco stock on their SKS. And I'm, I'm, I'm throwing that at myself, by the way. <laughs> oh, everyone makes mistakes, <laughs> but maybe you could stop them from doing it first. <laughs> <laughs> if only we had a club in your day. Yeah, yeah. Someone would have said, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Don't do that with the SKS. Hey, that that Mauser, that Mauser that you've got, don't uh, don't sell that. Just just hang out to it for a bit. <laughs> yeah, how about having that support network? Yeah, yeah, and those other guys that have uh, been there and done that kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, it sounds uh, it sounds really neat. So, uh, who who should be looking to to join this kind of thing? Is this just 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 for students that are in college kind of thing? And once you're out, you're out kind of thing. Um, so it depends, right? So UFC, uh, they're my favorite example because they do it really well in terms of getting their alumni engaged. They get their uh, professors engaged. They get their current students engaged, as well as just the general public. Anybody can join their uh, their club. So it's, uh, it's really nice uh, in terms of having a community. And hey, even if you're just a young person and you're not going to university, you can still come out and meet a bunch of other like-minded young people at the university club, right? But a lot of it depends just on the on the university's constitution, because the student associations differ by whether it's usually a percentage, like it's got to be about 70 percent members of that university. I see. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of neat. I mean, I I think we we talked with uh, someone from Nate who was looking at putting one of these together um, maybe a year or two ago, something like that. Um, Yeah. Was it Nicholas Brown there? Yeah, I think it was Nicholas. And yeah. uh, yeah, I mean that that sounds like that's that's where I went to college, and be it'd be cool to kind of go back and uh, <laughs> you know teach or, or talk about some of that stuff because I do that with uh, uh, with my pro- professional life. It'd be it'd be nice to do it with personal life as well. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Like, yeah, actually, Nicholas is now our our financial director, and uh, yeah, so he's helping us out uh, with our executive team. But yeah, we got uh, like two clubs starting up in in Edmonton, so we'd love to have you guys get involved, whatever way that you'd like to. Yeah, maybe do some uh, some small bore training, or or uh, get out and talk about three gun, or and some of the different gear that you got to do with that, and all that stuff's really in- well. It's interesting to me. I don't know. I don't know if everyone else finds it interesting, but I sure do. <laughs> oh, oh, you gotta you gotta share their passion. They'll they'll find it interesting if you give them a shot, right? You just gotta expose these people. Yeah, exactly. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about, or, or Kelly? Did you have any uh, any questions? Sorry, I muted you while you were away there. No. Um, well, no. yeah. I- Sorry, I, I just had to step away. There was some stuff that was been happening, so I wanted to listen to it uh, prior to uh, the show starting. So I just um, want to say hi to Dave. Thanks for coming uh, on tonight and actually supporting our shooting community as well as bringing new people in, especially from a university point of view. That's really important. It's going to continue our sport or help uh, continue our sport if possible, getting yeah, some sure. some new blood into the shooting sports. So. Just want to well, say thanks for that. It's a, it's a, I'd say it's like a critical time for people yeah. to be exposed to to this kind of thing as well, because I think that a lot of people, you know, form a lot of their uh, opinions about life uh, in in university, and I think that if you're insulated from all of this, this uh, competitive shooting thing, you just you think of guns and you're like, oh, you don't need those, 
what do you need those for? And you kind of take that that attitude to it. Whereas I think people who might be exposed to that a little bit more uh, would be like, oh yeah, I'm not into it, but I know Dave's into it, and I've I've seen him yeah. do his stuff and his vid- his YouTube videos, and they look cool. It looks it looks like a lot of fun. Maybe it's just not for me, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, like, yeah, we had a ton of success in terms of. So I grew up in Calgary, uh, moved to Ottawa, and just talking to people in the hallways promoting our club, I was really surprised by like, there's no backlash against it. People just didn't know the laws. So they just thought that we had the same laws as the States, et cetera, et cetera. I said, Hey, um, just explain to them what's going on, kind of what the situation is with guns in Canada, the licensing, et cetera, et cetera. And then said, well, you want to come try it. You want to come to the range one time, not expensive. We can take you out for 25, 30 bucks. And yeah, I mean, some of the time people are very neutral and they said, okay, maybe that's not for me. But a lot of the time people were very interested in coming out and the ones that did try it absolutely loved it. So you know how it is. First time you pull the trigger. (laughs) (laughs) One of the questions I did have, I don't know if you covered it while I was gone, but what are you seeing uh, about involvement, interest? Are you finding that it's easier to get clubs out in the Western provinces more involved in this or more interested in it? Or uh, is it evolving or in Ontario? Is yeah. like, So, so the, where's, the, where's the main interest? Yeah, the, the two big uh, like focal points that we have have been uh, Ontario and Alberta. So okay. Alberta has four clubs with another three that are starting up or four that are starting up now in Alberta. Um, and then Ontario is just blowing up like crazy. In Southern Ontario, we got another six clubs on the way. We got another two clubs starting up in Ottawa. Um, so, and then there's there's mixed results uh, across the other provinces. Like I say, uh, we don't have anything out in Atlantic Canada starting up yet, but I mean, yeah, we'll, it's just all about finding the right uh, motivated students that wanna start a club, right? Yeah, exactly. Did you guys have uh, much going on in Quebec right now? Uh, we got a couple clubs starting up there. We haven't had anything um, actually get ratified by the student union and become an official club yet, but we got we got some stuff in the works. Okay. What if somebody is interested in starting up a club? Um, yeah, I just would implore them to get in touch with us. Uh, you can find our contact info on our website. You can message us on Facebook, um, and we'll just have a little chat on the phone, kind of figure out what your interests are, kind of tell you, what we're about and how we can help and then stay in touch after that and give them as much support as we can. Fantastic. Right. Uh, where do, uh, where do students or, uh, or people who are interested in creating a club go to uh, find out more about the CUSF? Um, so you can find us on Instagram at Canadian uni shooting fed. You can find us on Facebook as the Canadian university shooting federation. You can find us over at Gun Owners of Canada. We've got our own forum there. Uh, Just look in the special interests forums or whatever, Um, as well as our website, www.cusf.ca. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, one of the cool things about you guys being a a college group is that you've probably got a lot of people who are digital natives who who really know digital well. So it's it's nothing for you guys to crank out a Facebook page or get a forum going or, or build up some of this kind of stuff, right? Compared to some of us older people. <laughs> it's hit and miss. A lot of gun owners are pretty Luddite, even the, even the university ones. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it sounds great. And, and uh, we really appreciate what you're doing out there for, uh, for us there, Dave. So uh, we'll let you go now, but uh, thank you again for coming on and we'll be sure to include the uh, links to the CUSF in our show notes. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having me guys. Thanks. Good luck. Cheers. Thanks. All right. Thanks again to Dave for coming on the show. Why don't we get to some listener feedback now, Kelly, do you have the uh, YouTube chat open? I do have the YouTube chat open. Chris Campbell is recommending everybody go and check out Blook on the Range. I do as well. It's about talking about uh, the laws in Switzerland. Uh, Greg May is just reminding that CRPS, they had a draw for that uh, V uh, for the V22. So Mm -hmm. that was awesome. And let's see, Derek Merriweather is talking about Switzerland and they have nice sweat and nice knives as well. Swiss Army knives. Remember, we were talking about chocolate. And uh, yeah, and that's about it. Uh, Luke is on. He just says uh, talking about he is going to be at uh, the Rustigush uh, Gun Club uh, next weekend. 
for Project Maple Seed. He was just talking about going out to the range and testing 22 ammo, the the various... uh, He took out a variety and tested it with the rifle that he has. And I recommend that as well, because you'll see a huge difference between different types of 22 ammo. So if you do want to be more accurate, obviously find out what works for your gun. So he's talking about that. And uh, that is about it. Just wanted to I say they do the Ely testing. If you want to, you can book a time uh, with Korth group and yep. go to Southern Alberta somewhere. Is it Balzac? I can't remember. I just like the word Balzac in the town. Balzac. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you can head down there and uh, and and do the Ely test and uh, and test your barrel and how that. Or you can go to England and test Ely there. I mean, yeah, but then you gotta like throw a twenty two in your luggage and you know who wants to do that? <laughs> yeah, uh, the CRPS thing. Yeah, we could talk about that. They're doing a, a Founders Coin uh, sale where you go and, and spend a hundred bucks and get a Founders Coin and the draws for the first pre- the first prize to be drawn will be a complete rifle build consisting of the Voodoo V22 barreled action. Oh, I guess I better go and buy a coin then. 16 and a half inch Kukri profile barrel and FDE with two mags, uh, an MDT ESS chassis with skeleton stock and a 15 inch four end in FDE, a trigger tech diamond trigger, which is pretty good. Uh, an Atlas V8 bipod and an insight arms heathen muzzle brake. The total retail for this build is approximately $4,500. So oh. what you got to do is go get one of one of these coins here. Coins are really nice, too. Yeah, yeah it is. It's like it's got some weight to it. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, yeah, get one of these coins. And, uh, yeah, get one of the coins. Okay. Rick, Rick, if you're listening, and I know you are, bring one to next week's, this weekend shoot. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, bring one to this weekend shoot. I'll give you 100 bucks. Oh, but wait, there's more. Oh, Second prize is a <laughs> radar unit. Oh. Third prize is a Diamondback Tactical 6 to 24. Okay, so, this is, these are really cool prizes. They're pretty cool prizes, and they're not going to like sell a whole ton of these coins either, right? So uh, Chances are pretty good. Somebody's got to win it. Someone, someone's got to win it. Uh, and they still have a few that they're available to sell. So if you're interested in those, uh, our free plug for Rick is go to rimfireprecision.ca and uh, check those out. Uh, where are we? Listener feedback. feedback. Yes, listener feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full-service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, and Cerakote finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. And you can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. And I took a look and I didn't see any new listener feedback. So nothing to do. Yep. I did see a couple of people email in about uh, patches. So um, if I have a little bit of time after the show here, and it looks like I will, I will throw some of those in the mail. If you'd like to email the show, you can email us at slamfireradio at gmail.com. Uh, podcast app reviews. We don't have any reviews on the yep. podcast apps, but a lot of them these days don't have a spot to review. Like I, I'm using the one that's built into my car, this uh, uh, Google podcast, and there's no such no such review in there. So uh, if you've got a podcast app that allows for reviews, please review us. Otherwise, don't. Just, just email listen. Us. Email us. Or actually, uh, go fill out our survey and tell us how we're doing. Or go review us on Facebook or something. I don't know. That's a thing, right? Reviewing people on Facebook. Yep. podcasts yeah 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 any shout outs kelly yeah i have a couple of shows so greg may i wanted to say thank you very much for the shirt and coming out last weekend the shirt i will wear i got told to wear the shirt when trevor is is on the show mm. the wait and adriel i just wanted to say thank you very much for everything you're my favorite i didn't do it's anything. official i didn't do anything but thank you <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're awesome you're like the busiest man in in gun show business and it shows <laughs> i don't do anything quite right <laughs> but i do a lot just not you very well do a lot you do a lot well you're awesome i do a lot not a lot yeah. i wanted to say thank you for going out to to sherwood park tonight on our behalf oh well thank me after i uh, after i go there and and if they've given you the emails be like oh don't send that guy again. <laughs> that was horrible <laughs> I think you'll be fine. I think I'll be fine too. Um, finally, um, Patreon supporters. So if you'd like to help support the show, 
uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash slamfire radio or go to our website and then there's a link there um by helping support the show you help pay for bandwidth and uh also for us to um get better av equipment so i think kelly we got to get you a new uh, a new headset so you sound better I yep. think I'm going to one of the things I heard on on the listener feedback actually was that my voice uh, can go up and down. And that's because of the microphone I'm using. It's amazing quality. But based on where I'm at and moving around, it might change in the volume. So, OK, you need to stop. it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to stop moving or get a headset so I can move around and be animated. Right. I'm animated, Kelly. I need to move. I can't just sit still. You just can't sit still. No. Anyways, that stuff helps us uh, buy better AV equipment. So we sound better for you guys and look better for you guys with these better webcams. We uh, need to look pretty. We need to look pretty for our, for our viewers. Are we going to put filters on our on our webcam? Oh, yeah, I want the filters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With little hearts and kisses, mm. fluttery eyes. <laughs> we'll do, uh, do a gender bender one where it's like we'll do put the girl the one switch. on us. And the, yeah, do the switch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, mine's not pretty, by the way. If I'm a guy, it's not pretty at all. <laughs> I look like my brother. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think guys are that pretty. So I think that's yeah. the, probably the filter working as as it's intended to. I'm 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 curious to see what Trevor looks like as a girl. Hmm. Yeah. What's it even do with his beard and stuff? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. Maybe interesting. A show like that. I'm gonna do like an Instagram live show because I think no. Uh, where what's the what's that Snapchat? Snapchat's what the kids use that, that that does all that stuff, right? Kids, I use Snapchat. I'm not a kid. Yeah, I stand by my. my... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have to do like a Snapchat live video with multiple people and like dogs and girls and whatever. Oh uh, no. Anyways, if you want to pay for that kind of nonsense, or even if you don't, uh, <laughs> support us on Patreon. <laughs> Uh, and if you don't want to do the Patreon thing, we also have a Cabela's link on our uh, on our website. If you are going to buy something from Cabela's online anyways, you go on slamfireradio.com, you click on the link, and then you'll get redirected to Cabela's, except we'll be telling Cabela's, hey, by the way, we sent that person. And then if you buy something, Cabela's will be like, cool, here's what we talked about earlier. And they'll slide like a cool $2 or $5 bill over to us. Sweet. Yeah, dirty deals. Uh, finally, <laughs> please join one or more of our firearms associations, such as the CCFR. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. And from the sounds of it, go buy an AR-15 lower if you can find one. Thanks for watching, everyone. So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over time to get a gun